0: All right, it's the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and Yankees baseball is back. This week, the Yankees open the season against the Red Sox. I don't know if it'll take place on Thursday, given the fact that there's a 100% chance of rain on Thursday, which is something you never see. Usually, you'll see like 80, maybe 90, but to have a 100% chance of rain, and of course, for it to happen on opening day, it looks more like they will play on Friday, which is the scheduled off day between opening day and the second game of the season, like they always have. Uh, so there'll be Yankees baseball sometimes, sometime this week, whether it's Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. Hopefully, I don't have to wait till Saturday, uh, but Yankees-Red Sox will take place this weekend. And uh, I had Andrew Rotondi of Bronx Pinstripes come on the podcast, as he does every season prior to the season for our annual Yankees over-unders we've now been doing for the last few years, um, you know, go through the roster with some made-up over-unders. Um, even have one for Boone this year, so even though it takes place on opening day, but A lot to go through Um, so let's get to it all right and join me today as he does every week of opening day every single year to do the Yankees over-unders our annual podcast is Andrew Atandi of Bronx Pinstripes Andrew last time we talked was Super Bowl Sunday mid-lockout we talked about the Yankees offseason at that point was pretty depressing we thought hey maybe we'll talk again after and see if things change and they gave us the hope and promise that we heard at the end of the season press conference that didn't happen so it's good to see you, good to hear from you. Uh, things haven't been going so well since last time we talked.
1: I mean, I I know you're super down. I've seen you on Twitter, I, and I just know you. <laughs> I know you're super down on the offseason. I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you that Brian Cashman has built a World Series juggernaut, but I don't hate the off season like the rest of Yankees fandom seems to hate the offseason.
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean... The five-year grace period. We still have another year because they did win the 2017 yeah, World Series. Uh, so, so we don't have to. We're not. It's not like we're waiting on a 13-year drought here. We the Yankees won. You know, 2017. I'm just waiting to uh, to get a replica ring at a fan promotion giveaway one of these days at the stadium. But uh, so there is there is. You know, you could say all you want about the Yankees the last 20 years, but hey, they they've won two World Series in the last 12
1: years. What, what more can They're you to Hang a participation banner. It's, it's hanging an AFC, AFC finalist or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, that was an awful just... statement. It was it was one of the worst possible things he could said. And I understand the article probably took out took out of context what Cashman said about the you know him talking about the 2017 season. But the fact and I and I did a rant on this uh, on on my show. The fact that he is still blaming and the Yankees are still blaming the 2017 Astros for their failures is all you need to know about why this team has not succeeded over the last five years. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Because if the general manager or whatever his high and mighty title is along with that, uh, believes that, he can sell Hal Steinbrenner on everything. So that means that Hal Steinbrenner believes that too. He believes, hey, this team, being a championship caliber team or is is just as good as actually winning the fucking World Series. It's like yeah, it's like having the best uh, you know, weighted runs created is just as good as actually winning the fucking game. So that's how they feel. As long as they put together what they think is the best team, if it doesn't work out, well, they they did what they thought was the best.
1: If if they had got to the World Series the next year or in twenty nineteen or in twenty twenty or shit even in twenty twenty one, I might give him a little leniency on those statements. But they've gotten worse every year since, <laughs> since twenty seventeen. So I'm sorry. You don't get to still blame the 17 Astros for why you have not accomplished your your ultimate goal. And you're right. The fact that they, I think, walk around, Cashman walks around, Boone acts like this in freaking every press conference he's ever given. The players, I think, the last couple of years have certainly acted like this. They act like they have won something when they haven't won anything. Yeah. This team has so much swagger
0: and attitude for them when they're just a bunch of fucking losers. The only guy who's ever won anything isn't even there, Brett Gardner, and we'll talk about him eventually. But, you know, Aaron Boone, has never. he never won anything as a player. He's never won anything as a manager. Brian Cashman had so much success right when he was given the general manager title and has had very limited success for two decades in terms of championships. But he still acts like, you know... He still acts like Yankees fans kind of act in the sense that, like, okay, we grew up, our childhood, our, you know, high school years, our college years were built around this team, like, actually fucking winning. So now, like, this this core group acts like they're those guys, and the front office still acts like that's still going on. That hasn't been going on for a long time. So, like, Yankees fans, like, of our age group were brought up to know that all this team does is win. But they don't anymore. So it's like they, they shouldn't act with like this cocky attitude with Aaron Judge, uh, you know, playing fucking the boombox in Fenway that year or them talking shit to the Mets last year on Sunday Night Baseball. It's like you guys have not done anything.
1: I hate to sound like the old guy because that's kind of what we're turning into at this point. But the reason the 90s Yankees won four championships is because they never acted like their shit. Didn't stink. Every year that they won, they came back the next year and like we gotta fucking win it again, or else, or, or else we're right. failures. And I think that's why we have not seen a repeat champion in since the Yankees. Right? No, no one's repeated as champ. Right. The, no. The Giants are the closest thing we've had to a repeat champion. And what they do, the, the years after they won the championship, they didn't make the freaking playoffs. Okay. So it's yeah. Like the general attitude I think in in life and in sports is just that. Oh, we're we're entitled. This is this is this is us. We're owed this, and I think that's I think partially to why the Yankees have failed since twenty seventeen. And
0: yeah, and if this team ever does win the next year, I'm betting every dollar I can ever find on their under because if this is how they act when they've never won, imagine the season after they do win. It'll be they'll win seventy games because they're going to be like, oh, we already did it. Who cares? It's going
1: to be insufferable. Cashman's going to be especially insufferable. If- <laughs> they, win, he, they win a championship if they win a championship this year it'll be amazing frankly but but he's gonna be just insufferable just opining about all of the all of the stuff that he's been preaching for for five years the
0: the worst thing to could have happened uh outside of like how they actually operate and run this organization is is the Braves winning the World Series? Because now their whole mindset of that the playoffs is a gamble and a crapshoot. That just gave them more ammunition to be like, we don't need to spend, we don't need superstars. Look at what the Braves did. They were uh, they weren't even in the postseason in a postseason spot at the at the trade deadline. They went out and got a bunch of okay guys, and they went out and won the World Series. So now that is like, and, and Cashman and Boone have cited that. If you listen to what they've said this offseason, Cashman brings up the Braves every chance he gets to talk about how they weren't the odds-on favorite and look what happened. But if you go back in time, I mean, that's such an anomaly. like. It, that's not what happens. The year before the Dodgers won, they've been great forever. You know the Nationals. Okay, they they weren't that great, but they still had three horses at the fucking front of their rotation in Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin. The Red Sox the year before won 108 games. Uh, the, you know the Astros were a, a really good team. The Cubs were the best team in baseball that season. Like normally, the the number one seed on one of the leagues wins the World Series. The Braves aren't the North. At
1: least gets there, right? Like right, yeah. do you win the World Series or not? If you're winning. The pennant. I think you can look at who wins the pennant every year. Who's in the championship? Who's the final four every year? It's mostly not a crapshoot. Okay. No, it's mostly the Dodgers and the
0: Astros and then two other teams. That's mostly what it is.
1: Mostly the teams we figured it's three out of the four teams we assumed were going to be there at the start of the year end up there. Right. And yeah. And and yeah, they they do want to just get to the tournament and then roll the dice and see what happens. And I think the expanded playoffs actually just gives them even more credence to do that. It's bad because you get the two buys. I don't think that's enough to offset the fact that the no, they don't season. give a fuck about getting, the,
0: they didn't care about getting into a one game playoff and that you think best of three the scares them they off. They
1: didn't care about going on the road. <laughs> in a one game playoff. They're not going to give a shit about a buy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just now completely 162 games of, we're just trying to, we're just trying to get healthy. We're just trying to give guys days. Oh, he needs, he needs, a, he needs a blow here. Are we, Oh, we just need to get right for October. That's uh, going to be a lot of blows given out it's this 162 season 62 games of formality, which sucks. It, it really does suck. I think it's overall, it's bad for, I think it's overall bad for the sport. It's just like, it's such a long season as it, as it is, it's so hard to keep people's interest over six months as it is. And now you've effectively turned every regular season game into barely any meaning. Right, forty
0: percent of the league gets in the playoffs. It's like it's we're getting to the NHL, NBA levels here. And if the Yankees weren't doing everything they could when twenty seven percent of the league was getting in, like it was pre two thousand twelve, you know, I can't even fathom what they're gonna do now. Like they're gonna try because there's no reason they should never, ever, ever not make the playoffs with six teams getting in. That's crazy that the Yankees could ever miss it. So they'll be fine being that five or sixty. They don't care.
1: I know this is never going to happen because this is millions of dollars in lost revenue. But if you're going to expand the playoffs to the level that it is, cut a month off the season. Just make it a month shorter at that point. Because, like, what is the point of playing 162 games when half the league makes the playoffs? It's it's the time. Right. Right.
0: And, and I mean, to think back to, you know, in in 2020 with the shortened season, like, had they not expanded the playoffs to eight teams— And they and they kept sixty games. It would have been something. But then when you made it eight teams, you saw the Yankees like they, they still didn't yeah. care, and they barely made the postseason with eight teams.
1: Yeah, they they would have they would have missed it when if if it was a normal playoff year. They missed the playoffs in twenty twenty, without that right. eleven game win streak in August of last year. They don't make the playoffs last year. Okay,
0: which no. I, I
1: wish happened because I think Boone would have gotten fired, and I think. Oh yeah, he can't... Like, it's crazy that he got a uh, a three-year deal
0: based off what he did, a three-year deal with an option. If they make the playoffs, that would just be... That's really... They've proven to us they don't give a shit. Like... They, they've they've proven that winning is not the most important thing to them. If they had missed and still brought him back, it would just have taken that to a whole nother level.
1: Like I, I'm sorry, I didn't need the four and a half hour curb stomping on that wild card game last year. I could have done without that. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I yeah, lied. I could have done without the f-
0: f- four batters into the bottom of the first. It was over. It, the rest of the game was just sitting there watching the season die slowly.
1: It was. Yeah. I was just sitting on the couch, just like, please end already. Just, just, just fast forward. Where's the fast forward Wait. button? It,
0: it was bad. Well, let's get into it. We got a lot to go through here. The, the first, the first one we're going to talk about isn't necessarily an over/under. It's more of a will it happen. So it's a little different. But we talked about this team having swagger, acting like they're they they win every year. And there's some dynasty Aaron Judge is the face of that that attitude. Over/under, he gets this contract extension before the last out of the season.
1: Oh, before the last out of the season.
0: Because he claims he's not going to talk during the season. I mean, if they give the guy $250 million, I'm sure he'll be talking to them. But do you think this gets done before he's actually a free agent? I don't
1: think think if it's not done by opening day, I don't know what's going to change between opening day and the last day of the season. If the Yankees are not going to give him the contract that he wants today— or tomorrow, before the season starts, maybe the rain out helps him. Maybe maybe if it gets rained out. On... It does. That does happen sometimes. Like the night, like hours before opening day,
0: someone signs some crazy so deal. It's like
1: if you're not going to give it to him before opening day, which is his deadline, quote unquote, what's going to change over the course of the season? were the Yankees hoping right. hoping that he goes on the injured list so they can lowball him like, like yeah i mean they're praying
0: for that they really want him to have a bad year so they're,
1: so they're hoping that he, it's it's june 15th and he's on the il and he only has 3 home runs and he's been struggling and they can be like oh, how about this 140 million dollar extension okay fuck you guys
0: yeah i mean i i'm going to take i'm going to say it doesn't happen i'm going to say he hits free agency because the old you know, pre-Hal Yankees would have just let him hit free agency and then said, okay, well, we can beat anyone's, you know, estimate or bid anyway, so let's see how he does. We don't know how someone of this size and stature ages, and you're going to give him a, a huge deal at the age of 31 when he hasn't really been healthy to this point outside of, like, last season before 2017. So I don't think it gets done. I think they've given him an offer because Cashman won't say if they've offered him. Obviously, they have. I think they've already low-balled him and I think they're probably going to say this is where we're going to go and we're not going to go higher and they're going to hope that he doesn't have an MVP type season and then that offer will be the best offer he gets at the end of the season.
1: If he has another good season, doesn't even have to be as good as last year, just if if he if he's good again, someone's going to give him 7 or 8 years. And I don't think the Yankees are willing to do that.
0: Yeah, so I so you're on my you're on this side. You're I saying it's say, not I happening before that is. It of the does season.
1: not happen by opening day, it's not happening.
0: All right. I'll take that. Well, the other guy who was the face of the team, is no longer on the team. Brett Gardner, just sort of, you know, there was no, oh, we're moving on. It was just like, hey, we're talking to his agent, but nothing's happening here. I don't think the door's closed here. And so, one injury happens, you can see Brett Gardner at extended spring training in Tampa. So over under zero point five games played for Brett Gardner on the twenty twenty two Yankees. I'm
1: over. <laughs> over. He's coming back. So, so, uh, you listeners can go check out i'll give you a sneak peek of one of my bold predictions on, on this week's episode of brock's pinstripes so uh breck garner's going to play in old timers day and he's going to hit an inside the park home run and the going to a wild. and then, uh, uh, old timers day is a little late this year it's at the end of july so it's after the all-star break aaron hicks is going to have played like four rounds of golf o- o- over over the all-star break he's going to tweak his back and they, need, they need an outfielder. Brett Gardner's he gets the call. He doesn't even need the call. It's just the bat signal goes up. Brett Gardner's in the Bronx. I like that. I like that. I think he's coming back
0: at some point because this they didn't close the door. They didn't say, we're moving on. He didn't say, I'm retired. It's so such a gray, weird area for a guy who's the longest tenured player. It's bizarre, really. It's bizarre because the depth on this team right now is Ryan Lamar and Tim LeCastro. So it's like Brett Gardner at some point is showing up at Tampa for a two or three week rehab stint and uh, to get ready to go to the Bronx. I'll say
1: if it only will happen if one of the starting Yankees outfielders gets injured, if they're relatively healthy, it's not going to happen because I, they're not going to sign Gardner to be a fourth or fifth outfielder. But they will sign him to start three days a week if they need. <laughs>
0: he's, not, he's not good enough to be the depth guy, but he is good enough to be an everyday guy. Well, it,
1: it's, it's, it's backwards logic. But, but like, LeCastro or, or Lamar or freaking Estevan Florial can be the fifth outfielder. Like, you don't need Brett Gardner to do that. I don't right. think they'll trust those guys to start, which is why I think they would prefer to have Gardner start. And
0: he's coming back. He's he. Oh, he's he's coming back. Well, really you bring up a good point. Outfield health. Aaron Hicks. Guy doesn't play baseball. Under. He's missed sixty percent of the games. Under. I'm putting this you now. I'm being generous here. I'm where the number was. I had it lower. I, right before we started, I moved it up to eighty-nine and a half games played. Under. Under. I mean, you have to take it. The only reason I could see it going over is because. I just have this feeling like this team is going to go to Stanton Judge Gallo more often than not as an outfield alignment. So if Aaron Hicks isn't an everyday player, then the opportunity for injuries for him aren't happening every day. And maybe he just stays on the roster all season and doesn't all, all play all the time, but somehow plays you know around 100 games because he's just playing a few times a week.
1: 89 and a half. He hasn't done yeah. that since 2018. And then he basically did it in 2017, 88. then in 2016 123 but no this is a guy that plays 60 games a year that's what
0: (laughs) i mean i'm taking the under because the guy missed half the season three years ago after riding the bus from one town to another in spring training you know he's coming off back-to-back years with a surgically repaired elbow and wrist he's now 32 years old um I'm taking the under here, but I could see how it could go over because he. I don't think they're counting on him to play every day like they did for all these years when he got hurt. And if they are, they're foolish because how many times does this guy need to prove to you he can't play fucking every day and they still He's do it? He's
1: also not really like the elite center fielder that they acquired him as, the elite defensive center fielder. His arm is not what it used to be. His range isn't what it used to be. He's probably a left fielder at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, they've been trying that in spring training, so now it's like you you finally get Judge to be healthy. Like maybe you figured out what it takes to keep that guy healthy, and now they're potentially going to play him in center field a lot, which is kind of wild. But hey, I'm for it. I'm for it. Play people till they get hurt. What's their
1: optimal defensive outfield, in your opinion? I mean, it has to be
0: it has to be having Judge Stanton and Gallo. In the lineup because
1: I'm not talking about you
0: don't, I mean just defense like it, defense then it would be something with Judge Gallo and Stan I mean Judge Gallo and Hicks
1: I agree it, defensively it's something with those three defensively but is it Hicks in center field or is it Gallo or Judge in center field because I actually think it's Hicks in left field Judge in right field and Gallo in center field or Gallo and right yeah. and Judge in center I don't think it's and, Hicks in center field
0: what's odd is Joey Gallo's played center field more in his career than Judge, but Boone is like, we're not going to be doing that. We're not going to be putting Gallo there. I I fucking Boone, such a loser. Uh, Every year. I'm like, I just need to cool it with this guy. I can't get angry. Like I can't have it affect my life. And then I listen to him for 10 seconds and it just makes me so mad. I'm like, I can't deal with him. Three more years of this, Andrew, plus an, plus an option.
1: I, uh, I made a vow to myself I'm not listening to a word he says this year.
0: It's impossible. We're impossible.
1: How long I like, can go over under on on <laughs> over, over under, one day. Over under Saturday. <laughs> well, I have an over under for him.
0: So, let's go to that one actually right now. Aaron Boone opening day post-game press conference over under 13 and a half combined uses of obviously ultimately and you know. <laughs> 13 and a half. It's 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 high, but You ask him a couple, a couple tough questions, and he can get out of control. Did
1: they win or lose? Uh,
0: That's that's what I don't know. I mean, it's Cole against the Red Sox, so they're they're probably going to lose. But
1: seventy-five pitches. Okay, so he's got to make a lot of bullpen choices on opening day.
0: Right, a lot of choices right off the bat. Cole against the Red Sox. It's cold out. He's got a bunch of underachieving guys from last year who are going to go out there and try to you know grip the bat as hard as they can and overachieve this season. Setting up for a rough start there with Boston and Toronto right. back to back. The
1: weather looks decent enough, though.
0: Yeah, third. I mean Thursday. Just call it like we said. You know, it's hundred percent chance. Of rain. Um, no, just you never just see. Susan. You never see the weather app say hundred percent chance ever. It's like 80's the highest. It's like oh, big day, one hundred percent, first time in I history. What
1: Susan's weather app is saying.
0: <laughs> so you take. I'm taking the over on the combines because I don't. I don't see them winning. It's a Valdi. Against them, it's Cole against them. It's not a good matchup.
1: I don't know. I'm not going to listen to it regardless. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know what happened after. But back to uh, back to the outfield. So you had Hicks under. I had the Hicks under Judge and Stanton combined 280.5 games played. I put a lot of .5s in, so we wouldn't have any pushes. I do last year. They were close. They were very close. John Carlo last year 139, and Judge was he was like 140. Let's see.
1: So they have to each play 140 games.
0: Uh, or one um, plays more. And yeah, So Judge was 148 and Stanton was 139. I'm taking, so I'm they were taking just over under
1: it. just because that's a little too high. If you made it like 130 and a half, I might take the over. But like I'm not saying that either is going to be out for half the season. But just because they're – who they are and the Yankees are who they are. They're going to sit them enough where they each play around. If everything goes well, they each play around 135 to 140 games.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take the under two, just because everyone's sort of talking about this season as, Oh, well, if LeMahieu bounces back and if Glaber bounces back and Hicks is here
1: games in Toronto,
0: but yeah but they're not talking about judge and stan's health because last year they played so much that everyone's just thinking that's a given that's that's and that's the anomaly here them not playing is that's what the norm is for them so i'm going to take the under here and i just i don't know why no one's worried about the health of two guys who never stay healthy outside of last well, season
1: but we do have to factor in judge can't play nine games in toronto he can't, and they, they so go, so it's, its really it's a problem. It's out of a hundred. It's out of, it's out of 150, 150, uh, three games.
0: That's true, and then in, and then, but then you have to factor like in Tampa, he doesn't play because the turf. and, and it, want to that off
1: in Tampa? You got to get the double off right. days, so he's he's not playing the getaway days in Tampa. Figure out how many that is.
0: It's a problem. Yeah. Problem when you're. You're the best player on your team. You can't play against the two teams that you're competing for in the division. Well, um, let's see who we should go to. All right, we'll go to Joey Gallo because he's the other outfielder here. Over under 200 batting average.
1: Over. I'm actually. Uh, I actually think Gallo's gonna have a pretty good year. He's still gonna strike out a boatload. Just for just like just a gut feeling I and think no. he's gonna hit like 11 home runs accidentally at Yankee Stadium, just because he's. Like just the towering yeah, pop-ups. Yeah, like that just, last year, he hit like I, the fly balls that just make it over the wall. His big home run last year was like a three-run home against run Seattle. Home run. Yeah,
0: the thing went when it went in first row. Michael K screaming like it's Game Seven of the ALCS. He's screaming. Joey Gallo's Yankee moment. That
1: thing at Fenway Park is caught forty feet in front of the warning track. Okay. And it was a home run at Yankee Stadium. And he's going to have like 10 of those this year. So I think he's going to hit 40 home runs. I think it'll be right around 200, but he's going to walk a lot. So he's going to have a good Joey Gallo year. And I think it's okay in this lineup because I think they did add some more contact with Rizzo for a full season. IKF. He doesn't strike out. And I think Donaldson, like, people are shitting all over the Donaldson trade. And, like, yeah, he could get hurt in the second week of the season. We could never see him again. He'd be Tulewitzki, second game out for the or year. He's he's, like, significantly better than Gio Urshela. Yeah, of and, course. I love Josh Donaldson. He's, he's the guy who you f- – that like he puts scares the shit out of you when he's
0: in the batter's box on the other team I, certainly he's not that guy from 7 years ago when he won MVP and was the best player on a great Blue Jays team he's, still really, he's good. still really good the issue with but there's so many other issues with Donaldson like the fact that he is always hurt the fact that he's 36 the fact that they won't pay guys in their prime for their prime years cuz they're scared of paying their late 30s years when they're going to pay his late 30s years and never get his That's prime right. years it's it, in in, in in an ideal situation, yes, getting Josh Donaldson is great, but it's all the other shit around the decisions they made that makes me upset with I him.
1: hear you. I was just trying to look at, like, the Minnesota trade that they made in a vacuum, and I, and I actually liked the deal because I think Donaldson it, – it's not like Gio Urshela was this Iron Man. Actually. No, I'm not a Gio no, guy. Like,
0: I'm, I thought he was the easiest guy for them to move and change because they wanted to change the roster. He was the he was always he gone was because he was just an easy guy to move. So it's like, yeah, he, he doesn't play either. He
1: created a mediocre injury-prone third baseman for a good to very good injury prone third baseman, so that's upgrade. They got a shortstop, which they didn't have before. Good. And I know you loved Gary Sanchez, but. They,
0: but now we have the now the Yankees have the worst catching team in probably in Major League Baseball. Gary
1: Sanchez was not going to work out in New York. He was only going you to traction.
0: You know Gary's. Fucking the Yankees, bad when they play them, right? Sure. You know, like that's happening.
1: The, oh, do you have an over under for how many home runs against the Yankees Gary Sanchez has this year? Because I'll take the over, whatever it is. It's probably like five in like, the seven six, games six they'll six play. Seven games, yeah, four and a half. Um, might sniff the over on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so Gallo, you had the over batting average. I'm taking it too. I think he's going to fall somewhere between 200 and 210, like something right around what the number. The
1: average in. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, Last year with the no, Yankees? No, no. You don't agree, want to look agree, at that. Average, what was his average in Texas before he came over? It was. Well, he was at
0: 160 with the Yankees. This is so, so bad.
1: This is so bad. 253 <laughs> with Texas. It's not going to be that. Yeah, I, I'd say like 218.
0: All right, that's fair. So we're both on the over there. Well, we talked about Donaldson. One and a half IL stints.
1: Mm, that's a good number.
0: He's probably going on he's once. Going on like once. he's
1: definitely going on once. It's just a matter of how bad is it. If it's
0: a calf ink thing, he he'll go on more than once. Yeah, it's like because he'll come back, he'll play like two games, and then he'll go back on it with another one.
1: It, so this is why it could be two, and it's because he goes on the IL, and it are like oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. He'll be back in ten days, and they bring him back, and then it was something because they fucked that up, and then like the stay in 2019 he season, has to go back on the IL for like another three months. That could definitely happen. Right. Or – I'm going to take
0: the under just because I pray that he's healthy because if he's not, it's a fucking big problem.
1: Or, yeah, or he goes on the IL and it's three weeks, four weeks, but then that's the only IL stint he has. He definitely will go on the IL. Um, you're taking the the under? Under. Uh, just because I don't – I can't – it's it's real bad if he's real over. Bad. It, it's real bad if he goes on more than one. <laughs> because they're in field situation, man. If Donaldson – although if Donaldson goes down, do you move DJ over to third or do you move IKF to third, DJ as your roaming guy, and then you call up one of the, the shortstop pro I thought you were going to say put Glaber at sure, I was waiting for that. Dude, Glaber's been starting a lot at shortstop in, in spring training. I know. Like,
0: what do you fucking do? Like, that's that's never going to happen in the regular season. So why? I get that you want to have it in their repertoire in case it does come up. If that comes up, fucking, that's in a big-time emergency situation. under
1: game started at shortstop for Glaber Torres this year
0: um i i mean i was going to use that as one i would put it at 0.5 because i don't think they really want to but i think at some point it's going to happen where like they're on the road someone gets hurt they have like a day game they can't get someone something's going to happen where he has to play shortstop
1: so when when ikf has to sit for a day off who plays short they don't have someone right now The claver That's what I'm saying. So he's going to have to start. It's going to be... I mean, unless
0: Marlon Gonzalez makes the team, which is a whole other fucking problem. He's going to make the team. I think they are... Yeah, he's going to because he had a great spring. Like, the Yankees, who are so data-driven, they have sports psychologists and sleep specialists, and they make sure everyone... They're hiring Eric Cressy. Anybody who has ever had success in the mind and body field, they hire... But yet they're going to roster Marwin Gonzalez based off of two weeks in Tampa, but just disregard what he's actually done against in real games the last few years.
1: (laughs) But they, but, but there's twenty eight roster spots, so it's like who cares.
0: But it's just a principle of things like this guy was the leader of the sign stealing scandal got more trash can bangs than anyone and they're like we can't sign Carlos Correa because he was part of that but we're gonna bring in the guy who actually uh you know was the most successful of it and, and no one will say boo about it it's just it's just ridiculous
1: he led the trash can bangs?
0: yeah he led the trash can bangs or he was either like number one or two and no one's see, no one's even talking
1: about it but Carlos Correa, we can't Yankees can't have that guy. No, so he uh, it wasn't that like it's only good season, two thousand seventeen Yeah, look up the last few years 2017, for him. He had a one forty six OPS plus <laughs> every other year, one hundred or less. Oh my god. Wait. Finished nineteenth in the MVP in two thousand seventeen. Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Not good. It's, it's just unreal. And if I KF goes down,
0: Say hello to Marlon Gonzalez, your everyday shortstop.
1: So this is why Gleyber Torres is going to start like 25 games at shortstop for them this year.
0: Yeah, unless they plan on playing Kiner of a 162 games. like On doubleheader days, what are you going to do? Because Aaron Boone does not play people in both games.
1: I know. Unless you're Brett Gardner.
0: Unless you're Brett Gardner or Mike Ford, you get to play both games of doubleheader. No one else gets to there do that.
1: seven-inning or nine-inning doubleheaders.
0: They're nine. But we have this dumb fucking automatic runner on second again. Yeah, you, I like that
1: rule. You can't put. Oh. I love it. I love it. You know why I like it? Because because it just gets the fucking game's over with. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's like what are we doing here? You guys have been. I hate to it to because the Yankees are so bad
0: at situational hitting yeah. that it's it's the the odds like they're
1: they're going to lose when they get to extra innings. That's just how it goes. I acknowledge it's a gimmicky, stupid rule. I'm not denying that. It is but it's it's because baseball is all about strikeouts and home runs and walks now this is why we why i like it if baseball was what it was 9 years ago and stuff happened i would hate it but nothing happens anymore okay so when you've had two solo home runs in the entire game and it's 2 to 2 going into the 10th inning put a runner on put a runner on third <laughs> give him a big lead let him be almost at home for all i care <laughs> you're definitely uh, a
0: guy who thinks the shift should be outlawed too. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I I think the shift should be regulated. <laughs>
0: that's so bad. If that's how you want to play defense, play it. It's not like Joey Gallo. Okay, then hit the ball the other way. I get it. It's hard. Learned, it's hard to fucking do. You I know you've that.
1: Learned in ten years how to hit the ball the other way
0: because no one's trying to. They're trying to hit doubles and home runs. So which it makes most sense in in theory, but. When there's five people on the fucking right in right field and you're still trying to hit it there, that's a problem. And I know hitting a 90 mile, ninety-nine mile an hour fastball or some six eighty-three mile an hour breaking ball the other way isn't easy. But I just getting rid of the shift is just so like it's like. Okay, the hitters suck. The pitchers are too good. We have to do something crazy. So or they're gonna do something where like you can shift three times a game and Aaron Boone will use them all in like the first inning and then he'll have no more like come night late innings or something. They'll make it so the manager has to do something about it.
1: Any more decisions to make throughout the game, please.
0: He he has as as an American League manager, well now it doesn't matter because everyone has the DH, but as the manager of the Yankees where you have you have nine guys you can run out there every day. You, you don't have, you know, shit guys. You're not trying to just get through the season. You have very minimal decisions to make, and he seems to fucking make the wrong one every time. Every time. It's
1: astounding. It's astounding. And I know I've talked to you on the show a million times. It, I, I think it's happened like four different times where he has not pinch run on the first pitch of an at-bat. Oh, all the, that happens frequently. He just, just forgets. He's just sleeping in the dugout. <laughs> It's like, oh, an 0-2 count. Oh, here comes uh, Tyler part, made off the bench. The worst part about Aaron Boone is that if he was asked, why did you not pinch run on the first pitch of the at-bat, instead of him saying, I forgot, or we didn't get it done in time, he would try and talk his way around it and come up with some cockamamie reason why it's actually better to pinch run on the second pitch of the at-bat. <laughs> he would do that. He would. All right, well,
0: Donaldson, we're both – under on on the IL stints, I think,
1: yeah, because it
0: can't be over.
1: If it can't be over, this team screwed.
0: Yeah, they they really are, they really are. We talked about Gary Sanchez getting traded, awful decision. But Kyle Higashioka, the Higashiokas won out. They picked the Yankees. They sided with Aaron Boone over Gary Sanchez, so he gets his way. Higashioka is. The starting catcher for the New York Yankees, pretty unbelievable. 183 batting average, which is his career batting average, which, you know, everyone always says, oh, Higashioka, oh, he doesn't play enough, this. Get, buckle fucking yeah. in because you're going to see what happens when this guy plays a, a lot of
1: times. So dumbass Scott on my show predicted 25 home runs for Higgy <laughs> this year.
0: I mean, that's just
1: crazy. Insane.
0: Unless the, unless the baseball is what it – if they're using the 2019 baseball, that's not that's not crazy because Brett Gardner hit 28 home runs with that baseball.
1: Well, frankly, he's going to get the plate appearances, so he'll run into 15 or 18 home runs because all he can do is hit home runs and strike out. But he's not – And grab out to short. He's not going to – what was it? 183? Yeah, that's a – 183 is career average. yeah, uh, Just about that. I'm going to go 200. over. I'm going to say
0: he finishes at, like, 190. He's going to be under 200. But 200. the whole thing with him has always been, oh, he doesn't play enough for his fan club. Well, you're going to see why. You're going to see why he's now, what, 32, and he's just becoming an everyday guy. It's, it's not because he's uh, some hidden gem that's been sitting there. I've
1: seen this with Higgy. When he did get extended playing time because they were benching. He was awful. He couldn't hit, okay? And now, yeah. what do people expect? Like, oh, Higgy was like a, a spark uh, offensively for short spurts. Yeah, because he was the backup catcher and he was fresh. What happens when he has to catch 130 games? Or games? <laughs> He's not going to be so fresh. He's not going to be good. He just don't. Andrew, he frames pitch. He frames pitches better than Talk anyone. You any know that, Neil. I am okay with it's okay. it. It's
0: okay. Wait till the Rays when Rosa, Raina, and uh, you know whoever else is in Rondar Frank are double stealing on him twice a game when they play Tampa. That'll be fine. If
1: the rest of the team, if the rest of the lineup one through eight, is producing. You can live with no catching offense. But
0: that's a great. And, and if we all fucking live in Candyland where everyone produces one through eight and we don't have to worry about Gashioka, yeah, everything will be great. No, when one, one through eight, last year we didn't even get one, like, let alone, like, we didn't even have one and two producing. Do
1: you want them to keep Gary Sanchez and start him, or did you want them to go out and acquire another starting catcher?
0: Here's my question Would you rather have Seeger? Ishara and Sanchez or Correa or and Sanchez or kind of left Donaldson and Negashioka uh,
1: I see of course you'd rather have Correa and you'd have A and B you'd never
0: pick C in that situation I ever no,
1: I don't know that you never I really was so done with Gary Sanchez and it's because he was just a distraction for this team Three out of the five starting pitchers didn't want to throw last year. Didn't want to throw it to him. I'm sorry, you can't be on the team anymore if that's the case.
0: Well, that's all. That's something like Garrett Cole started. And Garrett Cole, you should you should fucking worry about your own business right. because you can't beat the you're Red married. Sox and Blue Jays and Rays. You got embarrassed in the wild card game. Maybe you shouldn't be picking who the fuck you throw to. I
1: agree. Starting catchers are, or personal catchers are bullshit. But you're married to Garrett Cole for ten years. Okay, nine years. That's you've decided you're siding with him as the Yankees, so that's what they're doing. And because of that, you can't have Gary Sanchez on this team. Also, he wasn't producing offensively anymore; he has not since two thousand. I mean, he was
0: after Salvador Perez. He's the second best offensive catcher in the league last year.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't. It, was he?
0: Yeah, I mean, we hit 20-something home runs. Like, he had a terrible year, and it was still – because everyone thinks, like, 2016 Gary Sanchez is who he should be every year. Like, that guy was a legend. Gary
1: Sanchez was an also also
0: awesome. I know that. But like 2017 Gary Sanchez, that's a Hall of Famer if he does that. I
1: understand. Every that. Year. Ex- that was the expectation after the first year and a half. But
0: that's but then that's been planted in everyone's mind, which I agree. I agree. You know, I have no problem with people who were upset and wanted to move on from Gary. It's it's sad because we're getting we're getting you're going to have your eyes open to not having Gary Sanchez because Kagashioka for all the framing he does at least Gary probably, at least Gary could save the fucking game with a swing every once in a while and every time Higashioka started last year Gary had to get pinch hit for him in the 7th and 8th inning like Higashioka never finished games
1: in the wild card game when they gave Higgy a number at bat even though they were down by 5 runs no, but, and then they give Odor 2 at bats Gary was so bad behind the plate he was, such, he was so lost that it was not worth it even if he was the second best offensive catcher in baseball it's not like he was a force offensively he was still. He, they should have just
0: fucking let him play baseball from 2017 on and stop fucking with his stance right. and the nonsense and all that. You're
1: right, I agree with that. They fucked it up royally, though. Okay, they they completely they messed him up. But he was unfixable.
0: That's that's fine. And people who I don't have like. There's obviously an argument to to move on from him. But the the, I just I just feel like we're now we're gonna see what happens when these guys who everyone wanted to play play.
1: And if if six out of the eight guys if five out of the eight guys are struggling offensively then everyone's going to be like well we also have a sucky <laughs> offensive catcher who cares about framing at that point but if things go right for this team i don't care as long as the catching position is defensively sound i think it can be a positive
0: all right that's fair that's fair See, and I, know. I have no argue. i mean he's gone he's he's someone else's problem to defend now so it's sad but that's just the way it is well back to what we were saying before I mean, when we talked on Super Bowl Sunday in the podcast and we talked about the shortstop situation, we thought, I didn't necessarily want to believe that Isaiah kind of Fleff was going to be the guy, but this is a guy that the Texas Rangers gave out $500 million to <laughs> Seager and Simeon because they didn't want him on their team to play short or second and traded him. So I don't know why everyone's, you know, I hope he's great. I hope he's fucking awesome, but the, the Texas Rangers gave up on him, the same team that gave up on Rugnet Odor, who the Yankees then traded an actual person for and, and rostered and played all season long. So it's I don't know why everyone's believing that the Yankees are, are making every great move. Isaiah Kainofalefa, he's another guy now where you're like, oh, well, if one through eight are producing, well, now you have Higashioka in the lineup and you have IKF in the lineup. So now you have to say, OK, well, what if if, if one through seven are hitting, then eight and nine don't need to hit. So we, Yankees have two automatic outs, uh, possibly, at the bottom of their order. Or at least two guys, one guy who may run into a home run every once in a while, and another guy who will never run into a home run.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> them passing on all the big free agent shortstops is not really about IKF. It's about them thinking Volpe is the next thing. And it's, so, it's such a <laughs> – And rem- he better be. You know, it's such immense pressure on this kid. Like he has to be the second coming of Derek Jeter or else people he, – He can't
0: – he cannot be good. I know. He cannot be like – he cannot be a good everyday player. He has to be a franchise superstar. He has to be – Because that's what they gave up. It
1: has to be what we thought Gleyber Torres was going to be back in 2018 when he got called up. And it's right. like, oh, my God, this guy's going to hit 30 home runs every year and be our shortstop. That's what Volpe has to be. And that's completely unfair to Volpe. But when you have – three elite shortstops on the free agent market and you pass on all of them that's that has to materialize they, right. they might get a do over though next year with Correa and Bogart's yeah, Bogart's might be on the market next year
0: the the one thing i will say is that the yankees they a few off seasons ago they passed on machado because they had glaber They passed on Harper because they had the paid judge, who they still haven't paid. They had Stanton, who they don't play the outfield. They had Hicks, who never plays baseball. And they had Frazier, who now was released for nothing. So they passed on Machado. They passed on Harper, both 26. Now they pass on Correa and Seager, who are both 27 because they have Volpe and Peraza. So one of those guys has to hit. The problem is Volpe is about to be 21. He's never played above high A. Peraza is about to is going to be 22 soon. He's only played 87 games above high A. When these guys who they're passing on, when Seeger was 21, he was batting third for the Dodgers in the playoffs. When Correa was 21, he's the Rookie of the Year. When uh, Machado was 21, he'd played three years in the league. When Harper was 21, he was in his third season in the league. Like these guys are, you know, you're passing on guys who if if Volpe and Peraza ever turned into Seager and crayon that's like a 1% thing that could happen. So I, know. I don't, I but then when we talk about the offseason, that's why I'm so upset because they based every decision off that decision, like choosing Volpe and Peraza over the other shortstops, then made them get kind of it and made them get Donaldson and made them trade away Sanchez and made them bring Rizzo back instead of Olsen or Freeman. Like that one decision was the foundation of everything else that happened.
1: Yep. And it it's 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 a very So I don't know how anyone could be happy with what they did. It's a very slim chance that it works out. I like this team though better than I like last year's team. Yeah, yeah, but it's really not much different. It's very different.
0: Like, the, the, if you if, – if the second after – the because you've had time to, like, think about it and, like, talk yourself into, well, it's baseball season. The weather's getting nice. I'm excited. If, if I had presented you this roster the second after the last out of the wild card game, I was like, well, this is your 2022 Yankees. You would have been like, I'm fucking done with this team. This,
1: off, this lineup is very different than what it's been the last couple of years. It, you, come on. You have to admit that. It, they've added more contact. They've added more left-handed bats. The, the last couple of years offensive. They have the same left-handed bats they had last year. The, the, same two, no, Gallo and Rizzo. Yeah, now you have a full season of Gallo and Rizzo. You're adding Donaldson. You're you're adding IKF. You're removing problems from this team, problems being Gary Sanchez and, and <laughs> Luke Voigt, who is just frankly redundant. Okay. Luke Voigt was the—he was Judge, Stan, Voigt. They're basically the same thing, except Voigt is like 48% of those other guys. Okay. So they're just completely redundant. He couldn't play first base. So you, you removed problems from this roster. I'm not saying it's going I mean, to win the division. I don't think they're going to win the division. Certainly not saying they're going to win the World Series. But I know that the, the version of the Yankees from 2020-2021 was bad. They were not doing anything this year. I don't know if this year's team can do anything, but at least it's going to be different. And for that, I, I'm kind of excited for
0: Alright, well I'm glad that you're back because I was texting last year and you were like, yeah, fuck it. I hate, I hate this team. I hate
1: <laughs> it. I despised the last two years of Yankees baseball.
0: But not much has really, like, okay, Kiner Falefa and Donaldson are new faces, no one else is a new face. Rizzo was on the team. Gallo is on the team. Hicks is back. I liked like the, team. the hatred I liked for said, Hicks I, that everyone had. He's back.
1: I liked the the moves that they made at the deadline last year. I thought those were good moves. I mean, obviously Gallo wasn't great and Rizzo was mediocre at best. I, I I don't know. Talk talk to me in May. Maybe you, I'll you again. I don't know. But I don't May, know. I
0: mean, you must be thrilled with the the starting pitching no, depth they signed not. this this offseason. Oh, no, they didn't they, sign
1: anyone. And Graffs wrote an article today that... They, they have them number one in the league. What the hell are they talking about? I said, did Brian Cashman ghost write that <laughs> What are piece? you talking about? Like, so okay, so their, their they rotation is Garrett Cole. he be number one.
0: You got... Yeah, you have Garrett Cole, who, of course, he's awesome. But he also can't beat the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays. Big problem. Is he Luis Severino? Or
1: What's that? Awesome, elite, without sticky stuff, or is he just really good? I don't know.
0: We're going to find out for this year. But then you have Luis Severino, who's pitched, who I love, but he's pitched 23 and two-thirds innings since the end of 2018. A- he hasn't made a start. He hasn't made a start since the 2019 ALCS. You've got... Jordan Montgomery, who, okay, yeah, he's like the perfect number three guy. Then you have... Then you have Jamison Tyon, who's always hurt. Like, (laughs) even last year when he pitched 29 games, he still hurt his ankle and needed surgery at one of his last starts. And then you have Nestor Cortez, who... Had like a 6.69 FIP and a 6.70 ERA before last year. So is that who he is, or is he suddenly a new guy? You have no idea.
1: No, the, and the then the depth, depth is a huge concern. The fact that they and then the depth, depth start is start. Clark
0: Schmidt, who's who they who he's now 26 years old. Like everyone seems thinking he's young. He was drafted like six years ago. He's he has put, he started I think three games ever in the majors. Davy Garcia, who they who they. Sent backwards last year, and Luis Heel, who who walks everyone, like I don't know how. And you didn't you didn't add one person. Yeah. You didn't add one starter. And that
1: is the one thing I'm most upset about this offseason, Actually, is the fact that they did not do anything for the starting pitching because there were moves to be made. And then Maniah gets traded this week for like two mediocre prospects. I'm sorry, you, you Chris you, Bassett, same thing. Could have had you him couldn't too. Couldn't have met that package. You couldn't have you couldn't have offered three mediocre prospects. Like, come on. Well, Andrew, they did.
0: Give Shelby Miller a deal. So Shelby Miller, if he throws a pitch for this team, it'll be a real bad day. But I'm going to put it at zero and a half pitches. Shelby Miller throws for the 2022 Yankees.
1: Well, it can't be that. So I'll take the under.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's the one move they made. They gave a guy who hasn't been good in forever. Like, oh, they're doing the high risk, low reward thing. They did this with Kluber last year. Who, Yeah, Corey Kluber, you gave him a major league, deal, gave him $11 million. Probably should have just fucking brought Tanaka back. But uh, this is another year, like, they're just doing a patchwork rotation. So even as you can be so excited that the lineup's different and it is more contact and has more lefty bats, but the rotation is a big fucking problem. Yeah,
1: so basically Fangraphs ranks them number one with the assumption that Luis Severino turns back into his pre-injury self. Which was four years ago now. I know. Jamison Tyon continues what he did last year, but now has a full healthy season of that. Those are two massive ifs right there.
0: Right. Even
1: assuming Jordan. That's the whole,
0: this whole season is ifs.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And then you're assuming Jordan Montgomery doesn't take any steps back, which, okay, fine. And, and then you're still looking for a number five man. So you you got Nestor Cortez and a couple of other pieces that can filter in there. But yeah, uh, the rotation is so many question marks they basically need to get 100 starts out of out of guys with question marks because you got Garrett Cole for 30. I think you got uh, Jordan Montgomery is I think going to be healthy enough where he can start 30. So you still need 100 starts out of right. out of guys who all have question marks attached to them. And that's that's a concern. Yeah.
0: That's my whole thing with this offseason is that they could have made it at least on paper what could be considered a sure thing on paper. They could have been the clear favorite in the AL. They could have said, okay, here's the best possible team, and if it doesn't work out on the field, at least we had the best roster going in. Instead, they're like, if Judge and Stanton stay healthy again, okay, if LeMahieu bounces back, if Torres bounces back, if Donaldson stays healthy, if Severino can give us a full season of starts, if Tyon gives us a full season of starts, if the catching situation is a disaster. Like, almost everything outside of Cole... Montgomery and the bullpen is a very questionable thing. Yep, <laughs> and, and it didn't have to be like that. They could have spent money—the money that they make more of than did every hear, other team. Did
1: you hear they have the highest payroll in team history?
0: I know uh, the highest payroll in team history, but so last year they had allocated. last year they had the same payroll they had 17 years earlier. So the the revenue stream just keeps going exponentially higher, but the payroll goes up. A million dollars every season, so. If you're
1: Hal Steinbrenner, it's like people are blaming Hal for not spending more money, but he's got to be like, Cashman, we're spending $250 million, and, and who are the players we have? Who, who did you sign? Who did you bring in this offseason? It's like, it's oh, not good. we're spending $35 million in the back of our bullpen. One guy's not going to pitch this year. Uh, we're, 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 we're spending... <laughs> We're spending how much in our outfield? One guy's not going to play this year. Aaron Hicks isn't going to play this year and he's making never going to play. You gave him 7 years. Or whatever it is. You gave
0: him a 7-year extension. No one was going to fucking give him that. There's
1: so many guys on this roster that make like 10 or 12 million dollars and oh, yeah. are either bad or don't play much. Right. I think you're, you're you're changing your tune on this offseason a little right now. No, I'm I'm not. I mean, I really do this I'm not like being a an, a team apologist here. But I really do think how he's not his dad, okay? He's never going to be his dad. Do, do I wish he was? Sure. But he has a budget because he's a businessman. And he says, this is our budget this year. And Cashman did what he could with that budget. I think it's Cashman's fault for having the team in the current state that it is. It's devolved into this really poorly constructed roster over the past couple of years. Freaking, they left camp. Last uh, last year, they left spring training without a backup infielder, which is why they had to just they they left camp with like six outfielders. Like, what are you doing?
0: David, Jay Bruce was on the opening day roster. They didn't have a end of that except for Jay Bruce and Aaron Hicks, Jay Bruce the three hitter. Quit
1: because the team was so bad.
0: I remember opening day when Hicks had the worst at bat of, the worst least competitive at bat i ranked number one of the season happened in opening day in the 10th inning when he just foiled at pitches and him staying in and glaber all struck out and they lost after nick nelson gave up the double the Grichuk that judge should have caught but that that moment everyone should have turned off yes and not turned it back on again because think about the hundreds of hours we, we all would have had if we didn't do that and hicks remember Boone pronouncing him as the three-hitter in spring training and then he started out the first weekend against the Blue Jays he was like 1 for 12 with seven strikeouts and Joel Sherman asked Boone are you going to stick with him and Boone like laughed in Joel Sherman's face and was like yeah he's he's going to be fine and then a week later he knocked him out of the three hole and two weeks after that he never played again for the rest of the season but that's the Yankees they just like with Cashman Oh, we don't. It doesn't matter that we're right-handed heavy. We can win. Come the trade deadline, all of a sudden it fucking mattered, and they went out and got two lefty bats. They're always fixing their mistakes later, and unfortunately, the shortstop mistake if Volpe and Peraza don't work out is that's a that's a five-plus year mistake if those two guys come up and they're not awesome for sure.
1: And I think that if Volpe and Peraza do not pan into uh, all, one of them does not pan into the All-Star shortstop. That we're hoping they can be then you look back on this offseason it's completely different tune like i fully admit that
0: yeah and this window that was so open at the end of the 2017 alcs it's it's i don't even know if it's open anymore but if it is it's barely open and we're very close to the point where you have a bunch of mid-30s guys making a lot of money who can't play the field and like it's it's getting close to the 2013, 14, 15. Again, it's coming close. It's coming quick.
1: No, no, I agree with that too because you have Garrett Cole in his prime for a couple more seasons. Same with Judge if they extend him and Stanton. And while those three guys, are, so while those three guys are in their prime, you have to win a championship. And if they're if you don't win a championship this year, or next year, while they're in their prime, it's it's not happening with this roster.
0: Right and the blue jays now are where the yankees were five years ago and they've actually gone out and surrounded their young inexpensive core with free agents whereas the yankees just kind of didn't do that and then scramble to do it and then weren't adding the right guys it's it's real bad i mean how many more years of this like if things don't go well this season they don't win again they get knocked down the first round they're you know what happens next year? I don't know. What do they have? Like two, maybe three years where this needs to all work out.
1: Yeah, I think two years. So twenty-two and twenty-three, are, are and then if if they haven't won by twenty-three, they're not winning with this group of players.
0: Right. They have to then. They have to really do the changes that Cashman said they would be doing, and they didn't do.
1: Stanton at that point is going to be what thirty-four. In, after the 23 yeah. season, and yeah. Judge, if he's still on the team, will be going into his age 32 season. Like, both of those guys will be on the downswing. Cole, I'm assuming, will be nearing the end of his prime. So, uh, yeah, it's got to happen the next two years. Over under, number of games that Aaron Hicks bats third this season?
0: A lot. Anytime Anthony Rizzo doesn't play. So, uh, fucking 25? I don't know. I mean, he... Hicks, he has to, he has to force the lefty in there. He has to get the lefty in the three. I mean, we saw Brett Gardner batting third. I sat next to you at a postseason game when he fucking batted third. So that that wouldn't surprise me. I, I it, nothing will surprise me with the lineup. I have the, what he's been doing with Donaldson first, LeMahieu fifth makes so much sense that I can see him just not doing that when the actual real games start because it, it's just like a tease. Like, hey, I can do the right thing, but I'm not gonna fucking do the right thing when it means anything. <laughs> And how about the fact that well, let's get to this one uh, more like plate appearances, Glaber Torres or DJ Lemayhew?
1: Mm, that's a really good one. That's tough. Uh, I I will take oh uh, I will take DJ.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take him too because that's what I want to happen. I don't know how we got to the point where we're talking about Glaber Torres playing over dj Lemahieu, did He's i miss something
1: from the last three years so it'll be interesting what they do for opening the opening day lineup because you can obviously get them both in the lineup assuming stanton plays the outfield but if stanton's DHing, you can't get both of them in the lineup
0: who's they're gonna do that they're gonna sit dj opening day like they did three years ago
1: asinine that they in and, and then what they're saying is glaber torres has earned the starting second baseman job over dj Lemahieu, which is just it's it's insane it's
0: Right, and DJ in 19-20 was the MVP of the team. Last year, he played through a hernia that needed surgery. For as bad as he was last year, he was still better than Torres, and Torres does not have an injury or surgery as an excuse. So what was his excuse? He just sucks. And I wish he was gone this offseason. I was dreaming about it, but now he's here, and now for some fucking reason, he's playing over DJ I,
1: it It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I would not start him. You're sitting a
0: Gold Glove winning guy because who you still owe five years and seventy five million to. Right. For this kid who has done shit in two and a half years.
1: Yep, they're probably trying to protect Glaber's fragile psyche.
0: Yeah, he couldn't even handle fucking playing shortstop, so he his bat went to shit. Like that's a terrible excuse.
1: Sarcastic. They they probably know if we do not start Glaber tour as an opening day, he's going to turn into mush.
0: Right, so you're going you're to fuck over Lemayhu, who's just when twenty I, times I the player. LeMahieu is.
1: will get more plate appearances because he's he's going to play multiple positions and he's just going to be better than Glaber.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, long gone are the days where you just knew the lineup like one to nine every day. Like every like the Yankees, I don't think they used the same lineup twice last season and this season where Lemayhu sits opening day, then the next day he plays second, and Glaber sits, and the next day he plays third, and Donaldson sits. It's just gonna be a like it's just gonna be chaos every day. And then you have to put Hicks in and sit in and get Gallo in and, sit and move judge like it just it's just fucking crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, the has to get more plate appearances and Torres and we didn't do the pitching, so um Severino over under hundred and twenty innings.
1: Um that's like exactly the number they've identified for him, right? So,
0: it's something around there. So it's like, does, is this the guy who starts on Saturday okay. and then is like, oh, my arm hurts and is shut down for two months? Or I'll,
1: I'll take the over. So are, if say he's pitching really well and he's on pace to blow past 120 innings in like August, are they going to let him go or are they going to actually start to manage his workload?
0: I think you have. Well, you should let him go because you have you didn't sign any depth, right. so you don't have any other like, options, they, and they, he's they a free agent after the exactly. season.
1: What are they protecting? Really, it's like let, right, let you him protected
0: pitch. him. It's funny they protected him and he still got hurt in this three years. So can we get over the fucking idea that the Yankees have some methodology to protect any player? Let alone if you're an infielder, an outfielder, a pitcher. There's no science behind it. People get hurt. That's what they do. Load management doesn't work. Innings limits, pitch counts, they don't fucking work. Luis Severino, they treated so well and he still fucking got hurt. He blew out his elbow. He had lap problems. He had shoulder problems. He's been a mess for three years. Let the guy go out. If he, if, he wants, if he can give you 120 pitches on Saturday, fucking let him do it. Who cares? He's a free agent at the end of the season.
1: Well, so the way this would go in my uh, – you know, in my the way it will probably go for the Yankees because it's, it's how they normally screw things up is he'll be pitching like the number two we all hope he can be. They're going to start to manage his workload in August and September. And then when it comes time for the September stretch run in October, he's going to suck
0: right and they did this um probably like six years ago now with michael Pineda. he was cruising he was like in the best stretch since he was a rookie in seattle and then they gave they skipped his turn in the rotation to just give him an extra day and then after that he was a disaster i remember like against the phillies one night he didn't get out of the first inning gave up like eight runs and they always try these little fucking tricks that they think are so smart never fucking
1: work yeah Uh, i really hope they don't Mess around with so just let let him pitch if he's pitching well. I mean, obviously, if he's struggling, then do what you got to do. But if he's pitching well, just let him go. Garrett Cole over under three ERA. Oh, uh, under. I think he's gonna. It's his Cy Young to lose. Yeah. All right. That's you. Like, I like that.
0: I mean, like again, a lot of his starts coming in three teams that fucking beat the shit out of him, which is a problem. But that's true. I hope I'm going under two because I he if he's not good then. It's going to be a really bad summer and uh, spring and summer. Um, And then the Yankees bring back the man today, Greg Bird. He comes back over under 0.5 plate appearances for Greg Bird. No,
1: he's not. He's not getting added.
0: What if Rizzo gets hurt? Who's playing first? Lemayhew. But then you, uh, like, who's the backup first baseman then? Marwin? We don't need a backup
1: first baseman.
0: Who's going to play? If LeMahieu then gets hurt, who, who's he like. All ups, I don't know. Austin Wells is going to come up or, and play for. It's know. not going to be Greg Bird. Greg Bird's not playing on the Yankees this year. No. Sure. no. no. I, don't, I, think, I don't know. I why think you're say. underestimating.
1: I don't know why they say You're it.
0: underestimating He still has to get those 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 playing appearances. It's,
1: this is the redemption. It's the start of the redemption arc. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the last one, the most important one, Yankees over under, the number is at 91.5. That's the. Odds maker's number. I took the over here. I mean, if we think this team is better than last year, they won 92 games last year and it was miserable, then I think they're somewhere in the 96-ish range just because I think the there's so many bad teams you still. There, there's so many...
1: You're saying 96 wins?
0: Because it's not – But I don't think they're a World Series team at this moment, but I think they'll still – Like, they weren't a World Series team the last few years when they were winning 100 games and whatever. Like, so the – you know the Orioles suck. The Indians suck. The Royals suck. The, you know the Seattle. There's everyone's like, many, "Think there's Seattle's not as great.
1: many bad teams as you think there are." And but it's still not very competitive. They're You already know the you,
0: you know who the you know the playoff teams today. Yes, I know. We know the playoff I know. teams. I think
1: ninety-two wins. So I'm taking the over on ninety-one and a half. Ninety-two wins. I think I think the Blue Jays are going to win the division, and they're going to win it with ninety-four.
0: I, I can see. So like right now, it's Blue Jays, Yankees. White Sox, Astros, and then I would say probably Tampa and then the six, like the Yankees could be the Tampa. six seed, but the six team, what's that?
1: Tampa, Tampa won a hundred. No, I'm not saying,
0: no, I'm not saying they're the five seed. I'm saying they're in. Okay, yeah, they're so right. I think you're getting three East teams. You could get four. I think the Red Sox, they have to regress. Like that team had no business gonna, being in the they're, fucking they're ALCS. They're
1: going to sniff the playoffs though.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's sniffing the playoffs unless you're yeah, know, in Baltimore. They,
1: their lineup is sick.
0: Yeah, it's 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 solid, but their pitching is a problem. Yeah, I just the Yankees. I just feel like the the league is still top heavy. It's not what it was three years ago when everyone was losing 110 games that that wasn't in the playoffs. But I just think 91 and a half is so low, so low. I think they're 95, 96 wins. I think
1: Houston and the White Sox have a have clearer paths to the buys because they they yeah the
0: white Sox are in the playoffs today they just put the x next to them on the standings thing because they're in
1: because they play in weak divisions i just think the four teams in the al east are gonna just go you're gonna go 500 in those games so who who plays 17 and two against baltimore
0: not the yankees not last year i know but
1: like so it was tampa last year they went 18 and one the year before or 2019 the last full season it was the yankees who crushed the Orioles, and the year before that, it was Boston that crushed the Orioles. Coincidentally, those are the teams that won the division because everyone else plays about 500 against each other, you know, game here, game there. But if you take care of your games against Baltimore, that's the difference of four or five games in the standings.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And it it just, hopefully, they can beat up on the bad teams. Like, last year, that was their problem. They couldn't beat the Mets. They didn't play well against the Indians, who are now the Guardians. They didn't play well against the Orioles, That's what got them to playing the one-game playoff at Boston. And everyone who always says to me, like, it's April, calm down, this. Every fucking game matters. We saw it last year, that every game pushed them to the point where they had to play on the road in the one-game playoff.
1: A ago when we started this podcast that the expanded playoffs mean that the regular season doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) Well, it won't to them because they'll end up in the best of three anyway. So you have them at 92. I have them over as well. What is is the – based on this roster now, say they don't make any moves, which – in 2019, they didn't add anything at the deadline when they had the best team they've had since really. I mean, 17 was like a gift, but no, 19.
1: positions. That was, that's the beauty of when you have a bunch of injured guys on your roster, you can acquire them.
0: Right. So the 19 team was the team that probably should have gotten the job done. Like 17 was a gift, even though that's the closest they've gotten. In 19, they didn't add anyone at the deadline. So if they did the same thing this year, and it's this team all the way through, what happens to them?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's another early playoff exit. Yeah, so that's
0: what I think. I mean, like I said, they're good enough to win mid-90s, but that doesn't mean it was a good off offseason. I, think
1: it looks, I didn't say it was a good offseason. I said I didn't hate it like everyone else hates it.
0: Well, no, because you were like, oh, you shit on it, but you said 95-96 wins. Yeah, that doesn't mean sh- – get. yeah, they're going to win a bunch of games against teams that win, and then again in the playoffs and stink.
1: Okay, so again, because I knew what the – last if they truly went into this season with – Gary Sanchez on the roster and Geo, and no real shortstop and Luke Voigt playing first base. I could tell you exactly what was going to happen because we watched it happen for three straight years. I don't know what's going to happen with this roster. So, I I don't right now my gut doesn't tell me like this is a deep playoff team because I still think there's more talented teams, but if halfway through the season they're playing well and this team starts to look better, I could change my opinion on that
0: what's the what's the floor what's the what's the worst case scenario here
1: worst case scenario is that judge and staton both spend a lot of time injured and and then garrett cole like is just kind of not great again without sticky stuff and this team wins like 87 games 86 games
0: all right well let's hope <laughs> so that doesn't happen <laughs> All right, Andrew. Well, we got a lot. We covered a lot of ones this year. I mean, this is the most we've done in the season. So we're going back obviously we'll, we'll talk.
1: Wrong on ones? Uh,
0: we, yeah, I need to do that. But I'll I'll post them, like list them so we can look at how they've gone. Um, we actually missed one. Rizzo, 24 and a half home runs. We actually missed that one.
1: 24 and a half home runs. Ooh, I'll take the over.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think he's going to hit 25. I just have uh, for no reason. But. I mean, last year was the worst year of his career outside of his rookie season, so he's definitely on the downward swing. And the Yankees could have traded for uh, Matt Olsen or signed Freddie Freeman, but they went with the option three. So, you know, Rizzo, I mean, he, the thing is, people talk about, oh, he was a great Yankee last year, like, because everyone remembers his first two games against the Marlins, he hit home runs, and then he was, and then he stunk. Yeah. yeah, then he, then he hit two home runs for six weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I still think that um, a full season of Rizzo is going to be good. Like, he's a much better defensive first baseman than Voight. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: Voight had to go. or Shella had to go. Those were easy ones. The the team, yes, it's marginally, I think, a better fan graphs. Everyone fucking loves it. Odds, like, every sports book has them as the same odds as the Blue Jays to win the World Series. Like, after the Dodgers, they're two. I just... I don't get... I don't see it, but they don't watch the Yankees every day like we do, so they just... Their, their, their algorithms printing out that they have the number one rotation in baseball. So that blows I don't know me. where they get that from that crazy. All right, Andrew. Well, we'll check in obviously throughout the season, as we always do. We'll post these so that they're there for us to look back on, but Yankees baseball is back Thursday or Friday. Sometime this weekend, they're going to play baseball and uh, we'll, you know, be talking to each other throughout it for six months. So thanks again for taking all this time to come on.
1: Of course. Always, always fun, Neil. Thanks.
0: All right. Thanks again to Andrew for taking the time to come on and talk and do the Yankees over-unders like he does every year. I'll post them on Keep to the City so uh, we have them and we can go back and take a look at how they performed, how we did uh, as the season goes on. You know, Some of them can be settled prior to the season ending. Some of them can't be settled till the season ends. But uh, opening day is here. It is here. Either Thursday or Friday, but it is here. Baseball's back. The Yankees are back. And uh, for all of the i want mean, to call it complaining since it's not really complaining when the team has more financial resources and makes more revenue than any other team in the league uh, but the offseason was very underwhelming and now it's time to as a fan live with it this is the team that we are given as fans to live with and watch so they need to now overwhelm the underwhelming offseason needs to be an overwhelming season and that begins this weekend against the Red sox who Ended their season last year for the second time in four years. Can't have that same fate happen again here in 2022. So Yankees baseball is back. I will be back after opening day, after the game, whether it's Thursday or Friday, to talk about it. So that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after opening day.